0: Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods
0: Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show episode 99. Wow, I just noticed that uh, we were heading towards a new milestone, as you might have noticed. Um, I have a new camera tonight, I don't know if it's a better picture or not, folks, um, but uh, hopefully uh, it's uh, I'm, I'm looking good in my dapper vest. And uh, joining me, a man who is always very dapper, it's uh, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Thank you very much, Paul,
2: I must say. You look very, very sharp, I've got to say, my friend. So, obviously, those uh, extra pixels from that uh, camera, obviously, uh, making you look very, very nice. And that's even without makeup. But uh, all in all, once again, a privilege and a pleasure to be on the TDM, mate. How
0: do you know I'm not wearing makeup? I might be. You don't know, do
2: you? You could be. You could be, too. Hey, you don't tell me what you do in your own private
0: life, mate. It's all good. Hey, look, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that kind of thing. In this We're in the... um. We're metrosexual nowadays, you know. Anyway, um, on the show this evening, we'll have a quick chat about a bit of news. Um, we'll then uh, do some Super Rugby, uh, and uh, then have a bit, about, a bit of a chat about some uh, club rugby. I think because uh, at the weekend, uh, if you've been following our Facebook page, New Zealand Sport Radio, you'll have seen that I was at um, Waikiri's two games um, this uh, evening. Uh, this, 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 this last weekend. The A's, uh, the B's, and the A's are doing the uh, the camera work for the club this evening as well as collecting, uh, having that a real fun job of collecting um, all the players' subscriptions as well. Uh, it takes all sorts to uh, to get to keep these clubs going. Uh, and Stephen, you were out and about uh, in Auckland uh, catching uh, catching a game as well, weren't you?
2: Yes, I made my way up to uh, Williams Park in uh, Monaco, one of the uh, uh, Southside clubs. Obviously, Monaco Rovers have. Um, shown some very good early pre-season form, and you always kind of knew um, up against Ponsonby, it would be quite a challenge for the home side, but uh, the game itself, it, you know, it lived up to all the expectations. I'd made my mind up a few weeks ago that I was making a beeline south, and I was absolutely delighted I did, and of course the weather uh, matched the occasion as well, some good conditions for a, fle- a free-flowing game, beg your pardon.
0: Um, so, yeah, so we'll have a chat about more about that uh about the sort of club as it's, as it's kicking off around uh, the country um if uh, you want to let us know how your club is going and, uh, and that kind of thing then do um, get in touch via new zealand sport radio uh, we've had some invites already to get to games uh, stephen will be uh, hopefully getting a free beer or two out of that uh, when he go when, when uh, next weekend when he has is invited has been told he'll be, he'll be uh, made comfortable um so i think he will enjoy that um, that, that next weekend, and uh, um, we'll, we'll talk later about what uh, I might try and do um, this coming weekend. But heading in, heading into the news, and Simon uh, says, "Good evening, everyone." Um, Spain have been disqualified for playing an ineligible player for the, for the World Cup. Oh dear! Yet again, Spain get caught by this, um, and this time they falsified papers. I think I believe, and I've not looked at the story in detail, but boy, oh boy, you think after. The fiasco around the 2019 Rugby World Cup, uh, that Spain would have learned their lesson, but apparently not, and now they're out of the 2023 um, Rugby World Cup. Um, yeah. also, Hong Kong have turn and now going to be uh, now going to take part in the qualifiers for Asia. So, um, yeah, still some more teams to be figured out for 2023. Um, and uh, but so, yeah, fun and games in Europe, um, around that one. And I say, yeah, yes, by now, teams would and the unions would know not to break the rules because World Rugby. does keep an eye on this kind of stuff. Um, well,
2: Paul, I was going to say, yeah, very much in and around, in and around uh, paperwork. Obviously, a South African-born uh, prop who qualified for uh, for Spain, so the appropriate paperwork uh, um, obviously wasn't conceived, and um, you know. To do it once is one thing, but to, to do it twice, really and really and truthfully, their administration's got to take a long look at themselves. Of course, this opens the door up for I think Romania is it Paul um, to maybe have entry into the qualifying, uh, into the uh, World Cup qualifier. But I think it's something we should look at a little bit more.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll, we'll uh, probably spend do the research and uh, have a look look at the uh, uh, the World Cup qualifying um, in the uh, coming weeks. On this one, yeah, Simon makes a good point that the um, players never get punished for this, it's only the union that does not. Obviously, the other players get punished because they fall at hard work in to qualify and then they don't get to qualify because one person um lets the uh lets the team down. Um, so yeah, real shame, um, on that one. Um, and uh, yeah, Simon points out, yeah, Romania qualified for the World Cup and Portugal go through to the uh, final qualifying tournament or rep whatever they're calling it nowadays. Um, all kind of messy. Um, we've been talking about private investment with Silver Lake and all of that kind of stuff, um, and uh, the Hurricanes um, have uh, sold a 25% stake um, to uh, the Y11 Sports and Media Group, which is a global investment group. Um, so, uh, and a further in, a further 12.5% um, Richard uh, Mansell, who is a, uh, a local boy uh, that come and uh, done good. Um, has uh, um, bought that uh, now. Richard's investment um, is fantastic. It's about him and him going to the games with his dad and all that kind of stuff. Um, so great to see that kind of investment in there. The um, Y11 Sport Media investment, though, um, a little bit less, a little bit some um, more questionable, um, I would say, um, on that one. Um, the uh, where they've um, come in to say uh, that some um, then. Main aim is was to develop the uh, franchise's intellectual property and focus on global commercial rights outside of New-, New Zealand and Australia. Boy, oh boy! I mean, we've seen that work so so well um, for New Zealand rugby. Um, with the All Blacks basically getting themselves nice uh, overseas um, sponsorships and concentrating on their overseas audience and not the home audience. Uh, and uh, as we see, declining order- declining attendance and stuff here. Um, let's just hope that the hurricanes don't. Um, go too far with uh, uh, some targeting or overseas market, remember that actually need funds on seats um, as well. It's not always about some, um, uh, uh, your, your digital audience um, and they going, wow, look! I remember seeing um, the head of New Zealand working um, digital media saying how 80% or, or 90% of their audience was outside of New Zealand and how wonderful this was. Uh, yeah, okay. Um, yes, it's good for your AI, AIGs and uh, your um, uh, I've got a blank Altrad uh, sponsor on front of the jersey, it doesn't necessarily bring bones on seats um, and, uh, and and some of that so, and, and, and keep the game alive back here in New Zealand. Um, if uh, there's something that Stephen might be uh, interested in, well, because it's his blues, but I'm not sure how uh, how, how how much Steve's up onto his um, NFTs. Have you got into the uh, these um, digital um, memorabilia that uh, the Blues are putting out?
2: Yeah, it's it's kind of taken a while, hasn't it, Paul? When you consider some of these super franchises have been around since nineteen ninety six, and you know, if you want to start sort of collecting some sort of mem- memorabilia, hey, maybe having done it around about twenty odd years ago wouldn't have been a bad sort of wouldn't have been a bad sort of thing. So I think they're a little bit late to the party, but hey. It's, it's the way to go forward. You need to source your income from somewhere. And, uh, yeah, hey, why not when it comes to memorabilia?
0: So memorabilia, yes, good. But these are NFTs. It's all, all digital and virtual and all this kind of stuff. Mm. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all pans out. What I would say, folks, is don't go buying it for an investment. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't use any money that you're not willing to, to lose and you're happy to um, spend that kind of money on whatever – um, the memorabilia is that, is that the uh, blues are um setting awesome. up. They did give a bunch away for free as well, um, so uh, yeah. Look, um, uh, I might, uh, of, uh, Paul, I was uh, about.
2: Paul, I was about to say I might have Carlos's sock lying around somewhere in my in my storage mate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me, dearie me. Um, the uh, let's be honest, in in rugby there are only belts, uh, there are only a couple of things that really are worth not um is the uh, the international caps are clearly um worth the, the physical cap um that play that so uh, the players get given is off obviously um they're worth something the jerseys um and then it then there's the occasional ball or whistle from a referee or something like that that might be from from a special from a special world cup final something that might be uh, worth something but at the end of the day uh yeah most stuff isn't worth that much but um, it's very nice to have um a my as on my walls here so I'm sure my um Aliens jersey uh, from 2009, I think it is, um, from the uh, Hong Kong Tens, the winning team there that Willie Luce took out to Hong Kong. Uh, I'm sure that jersey is worth um, much less than the uh, couple hundred new Hong Kong dollars I paid for it in the first place. Um. (laughs) But hey, it was all to go towards funding that team uh, turning up there. And uh, hey, I had the disposable cash at the time, so why not? Uh, is, uh, is my comment on that one um, Some uh, moving on to the women's game now um, and uh, there was the uh, Sevens at the weekend, I'll be honest I didn't watch any of it um, but some um, blackferns made it through to the final in their first return tournament uh, losing to Australia um, in um, uh, in the final uh, there so good to see them getting back to or well, basically back to, back to competition more than anything else um, yeah, you watching
2: this thing? yeah Paul, I think they'll probably be a tad disappointed that they probably missed an opportunity to, to knock over Australia and um, um, they, had the, they had the field position in the right place. They really only had to hold on to the ball for 10 seconds, but I think throughout the whole tournament, I think that was an area of concern. For the Black Ferns, they weren't always able to hold on to the ball. Um, basically, I don't think they were, they were really accurate at, uh, at ruck time as well. They lost a, a lot of ball in the ruck, and I think that probably was their undoing in the tournament. Um, early in the round robin, they were lucky to just scrape out a, a draw with Fiji scoring after the Hooter had gone, so... Um, they came back with a, a good win in the quarterfinal against uh, Canada 38-0, and uh, they beat a good French team 26-14. So they went into their final with a degree of confidence. But uh, this Australian side is, is a young side, and they've got a lot of pace. And uh, what they what they showed with the winning try, they pretty much went the full length of the field on the back of a few penalties, ad- admittedly. But I think to do that, you've got to hold onto the ball for long periods. And that they did. And uh, the alive probably... Um, is the difference between the the, the two teams. And uh, listen, congratulations to this Australian side. They're a young side and they're playing very, very well. Now, they've brought back um, their coach as well. I think it Tim Payne, I think his name is. I stand stand to be corrected. Um, Very, very good coach um, who basically went away from Australian, the women's seven team. So they've brought him back into the fold. And uh, I think he's also added a little bit of uh, X factor to that uh, Australian
0: squad. Well, look, three tournaments out of four that they've won now. Uh, the USA picking up the only other one. Um, the, uh, so look, they're, they're they're clear at the top of the uh, the table currently uh, and, uh, and going very, um, very well. So uh, yeah, good good on them um, for, uh, for how they're going. Uh, the the uh, in there. Um, finally, we've um, had some games announced for the uh, Black Ferns um, with the uh, Pacific. Four series will be taking place in New Zealand um, this year. Um, with uh, Canada, the USA, and Australia also taking part. The first one um, will be on the 6th of May, uh, which is a Monday, but that's the uh, Queen's Birthday weekend. So it's a public holiday in Tauranga. Um, they have the, the two games: 12:15 for the Canada versus USA, followed by 2:45 for New Zealand uh, for Blackferns versus Wallaroos. Then uh, the following Sunday. Um, they uh, play up at uh, the um, Trust Arena or Albany Stadium um, with USA, Australia, and, uh, um, and then uh, followed by Canada versus New Zealand. Again, 12.15 and 2.45 kickoffs. And then finally, um, Saturday, the 18th of June, up in Fongaray, uh, it's Australia versus Canada uh, and New Zealand versus USA. That's a uh, slightly different time there, 1.30 and 4 o'clock kickoffs. So great to see this annual competition actually um, start. Uh, now from next year um, this uh somehow works with the um women's six nations uh so that the games in November um, starts to uh, uh, become uh, some some sort of nations cups kind of thing um is um is happening. Um oops, sorry, Simon's correcting me. Um uh, uh the um it's wrong, yeah, you're quite right. The um the trust arena is in is in Waitakere, not Albany come get mixed up there um no, out west one um, up north uh, in auckland um the where well, i actually went and watched the oceania sevens a couple of years ago um but there we go um that's that's a totally different so uh, different tangent um but great to see that they've got this, this annual tournament now they've actually got some games that they will definitely have every year um and uh, good to see kicking off soon
1: yeah,
2: yeah it was an, an opportunity because as we know it's a short space of time on the, on the back of what happened in that tour last year, some new coaches uh, stepping into the fold to, to help out. And um, time is totally against them. And I think you, you do need some really good, some good solid hit-outs to um, to, to critique, critique whatever you need to, to get right before you take on some of the bigger Northern Hemisphere guns in that tournament because... Um, we, to coin your phrase let's be honest that England team after their victory over France and taking out the six nations on 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 the weekend have basically showed they've got two or three different styles of games in a tight game they can basically play tight and go to their forward pack and that's exactly what they did against the French um, going just taking them on in the, in the forwards so uh, you, you've got to respect the team that's got more than one or two game game plans.
0: Yep, um there's and then there's also um they've uh, um there is um the Black Ferns are playing Australia uh, in uh two tests, one down in uh, Christchurch on the 20th of August, um and then the reverse fixture over in Australia. Um I've gone blank. Um actually the show might be first. I've gone blank, so I've, i think I think it's in Adelaide or something like that from, from memory. But anyway, um it has been announced recently, so it's good to see. Um, that those that, that they've got five warm up five proper games before the Rugby World Cup kicks off um, in October um, later this year, um, which uh, kicks off with the um, Australia versus um, New Zealand on the 8th of October. Uh, I'm assuming that's the uh, that's the first the first, um, uh, the, uh, first game. Um, so yeah, so looking forward to that. That's all good with them. Um, um, they kicking off. Um, there we go, Adelaide Oval and the might also be a midweek game in. Um, uh, it might be um, midweek one of the uh, There we go. Um, so yeah, so look, it's it's good to see those, those games lined up. Mm-hmm.
2: Paul, it's, it's actually fair to say that their um, their basically their warm up for the World Cup is considerably a heck of a lot better than it was for their their end of, end of season tour. If you think about some of the games they played or didn't play should I should I say I know they had that warm up game against uh, Wales before they uh, um, struck England and in, in, in two tests but if you kind of look at what's been rolled out for them pre World Cup I think they'll definitely hit the ground running um, whether it's going to be enough to turn their fortunes around hey only time will tell
0: I put bluntly, this they've, they've never had there's, there's never been this kind of competition for the um non home unions uh, for, on the women's side of things, right? There's been the Six Nations, there's been a uh, women's Six Nations going for a number of years, um, but um, on the apart outside of that, um, there's been nothing that leads to regular games for the women's international teams. Um, and this is the first thing. It's a step in the right direction. I was a bit surprised it's in June, and not July, but there we go. Um, so it's going to be the same time as, so it doesn't clash with the Blacks, with the All Blacks Tests um, series, uh, but it's happening on the same weekends, basically as the semi-finals and the finals of the uh, Super Rugby. Um, at the end of it um, there. Uh, yeah, Simon does point out Australia um, women have also got games against Fiji and Japan before um, the Pacific Four series as well. So that'll be good to see. Obviously, that fi- the, uh, the Fiji side would be mainly made up of those uh, Fijiana Drua team um, that won the uh, Super W over in Australia. So, um, yeah, it looks like th- things stepping in the right direction for, for Fiji as well uh, on the women's side of things. And uh, hopefully they can get included in uh, some tournaments uh, as, a, as a national uh, international tournament as well. Um, finally, I forgot to know about this, but there's been a couple of people who have been decided to um, to chip in with um, three-point plans as to how to improve the game. Um, Nigel Owens did it. Um, and uh, one of the things he said was, make scrum feeds straight. And I'm like, well, bloody hell, mate, you could have done that when you actually were refereeing. It's not, jeez. Uh, now you're criticising current refs for not doing it. It's like, mate, you didn't do it either. What a bunch of feet Anyway, yeah.
2: So, yeah, um, that, for me, Paul, that's that's the last of the uh, the problems that the game's got: <laughs> crooked feeds. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just saying.
0: Month, yeah. <laughs> um, but um, Razi Erasmus has, has, has come out and um, come with some ideas. Um, the idea of uh, two referees and also specialist scr- scrum referee. I mean, yeah, that's what we need. More referees, um, just to just to complicate things, um, and uh, yeah. and, and have things.
2: I'll, I'll, I'll answer that one more referees means more infringements, which means more stoppages. So, Rusty, not a good idea.
0: So, yeah, not often that one. Um, uh, he, um, yeah, apparently, this is to, to stop massive time wasting around uh, around scrum. This, uh, mate, you're the world class at uh, time wasting. Okay. <laughs> Over the last couple of years, so seriously, um,
2: yeah, so he just
0: runs a match. I think uh, he gets more down on the shot clock for um, for goal kickers, um, so they get uh, so they have to um, uh, so they have to kick within the right amount of time, um, and um, uh, and yeah, so yeah, he thinks the game needs 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 less time wasting, which is always like me. There's, there's something the, yeah. p- <laughs> bottle of the, the um the, the kettle black here massively, yeah.
2: I, I I think he's having a laugh, I really do. I think he's having, he's having a laugh, talk. he's got
0: to be. Um, so uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised, yeah, maybe he is. I mean, he, he's, but so, so, yes, so there you go. So he's come with all these ideas as to way to, uh, yeah, speed up the game, um, and uh, and to have more referees, yeah. Um, um yeah, hopefully, but that's that's in jest because boy, oh boy, we that's not a direction to go in.
2: I know there was one, I I read the article in and around what um, Nigel Owens has has said, and and there was one thing that I that I'm not too sure if he said it or where I read it, was just about the number of replacements. Yes. Um, And and, and I just wonder, I just wonder if we should just have replacements if there's injury or in the case of a red card replacement, pool.
0: Well, um, first off, you end up we, – we've seen with Bloodgate over in the UK that people can start faking injuries and things. So, look, I, I don't think um, going back to you can only get replaced or injured works because people just fake injuries they want to be replaced. Um, what I would do, though, is say – what you can do, though, is say, right, you only have uh, three replacements from a bench of six rather than having the full six replacement.
2: I would. I was just sort of coming from a place that – listen, back, back in the day, it really came down to the team that was the fittest um, – for, for those eight for those 80 minutes and usually yeah. if there's one team fitter than the other the team who was fitter would normally in most cases come out come out on top i i just i just sense and in, in in the modern game you could roll some guys up for for half a game and then and then basically take take them off at, at half time or you could even take them off earlier if they're flagging after 30 minutes
0: well this is kind of what you're seeing with both I mean both um South africa and France have done with pardon me the 6-2 bench where effectively you're replacing your entire scrum um after just after halftime um so yes if you've got enough good players that that can count for you so but yeah i i would be a I, i think just for player welfare as well if you make every player have to run 80 minutes then yeah they're going to be smaller um and have to do more conditioning work rather than strength work um because there's only so much time in the day uh so for me um, I'd still allow you to have six on the bench, but you can only, only make three replacements. And after that, the players injured, they go off and you don't get to replace them. Pretty simple. Um, so um that would be my one. Ooh. Yeah, and ooh, and <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Ooh>. <laughs> I'd have to think I'd have to think about that one.
0: <laughs> that way you're not that way, basically, you're not replacing your entire front row every single game, um, which is what we get at the moment. So hence basically props and hookers now um train for 55, 60 minutes, they don't train for 80 on the whole, especially international. Um, So we'll go. just throw that one out there and just um, uh, as a hand grenade and just drop it and walk away. Um, What I will do, (laughs) (laughs) what I have been doing, though, is is looking at that one and his comment that there's 20 scrums a game. Well, there were at the beginning of Super Rugby. You can see there we had average 19.2 in round one. But we're down to sort of uh, well we went back up to 17-ish now but so uh, yeah it certainly dropped down um a couple as as handling as, as, as teams have time to to get the handling better what's been interesting though on the turnover side we're pretty much at the same level as we were at the beginning of the season so as teams get uh, their their well they might they, they might get better at some um, supporting their players but uh, on the defensive side they're getting better at, uh, at scavenging as well so that seems to have not changed. I was expecting turnovers to come down. De- well, I was expecting scrums to come down. I was expecting handling to get better um, as the season went on, as your passes were better, um, and therefore we'd have less scrums. Um, and I thought turnovers would also drop as you the uh, support runners uh, the- and the clear-out would improve um, during the season. But I don't think we've actually um, seen um, that. Uh- All right, so we haven't seen that on the uh, turnover side, but the scrums, yeah. Where the handling has improved um, on that one. Um, interesting that uh, the uh, Brumbies versus the Hurricanes had the fewest scrums at the weekend. I don't know what that tells us, but I just thought I would just uh, throw that out there. Uh, with just 14. Um, I guess what you can see here, though, um, is that uh, the Crusaders' handling wasn't very good, as the Wurrataa's got 11 scrums at the weekend. So that's an awful lot. Of, that's a lot of knock-ons. Um, and similarly from the Drua. Giving up 13, um, and also Moana giving up 12 shows you that those two teams um, are um, are there. And uh, <laughs> Robbie's asking us in the live chat: Can I ask a rugby league question? You can ask. We might not. we not might not answer it though, because uh, our Wednesday night shows are a rugby league show. But if it's relevant to rugby union, then we will. Then we'll give it a crack. Oh, go, go on, Paul. Let him ask. You, let him ask okay, on, then, yeah. Put it in there, and, um, and we'll, we'll have a look. Um, but anyway, so there you go, folks. That's just some uh, just some stats I've been car- I've been sort of tracking um, this season. Um, as I had a couple of theories, and I say one of those theories hasn't hasn't played out. The other one um, has to a slightly a, 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 a lesser degree. Um, there. Um, so let's get into the games for the weekend then. Um, Stephen, first up, the um, Reds versus the Chiefs, um, with James O'Connor missing. I must admit, I didn't um, give uh, the um, uh, the Reds much of a chance with James O'Connor missing. Um, but um, the, it was thirteen all at halftime. Um, with then a bunch of yellow cards in the second, but uh, which saw the uh, Chiefs just edged out um, and uh, uh, to, to for a two point win. Um, I must say, closer than um, closer than I was probably expecting. In, in that
2: yeah, yeah, it was, and and by the, by the look of it, it, it looked like a a sort of damp, humid sort of night in, in Brisbane as well, which didn't make uh, ball handling very good. But yeah, like you, pleasantly surprised with with the Reds that they, um, you know, not only went out to a thirteen thirteen six lead. I think the real key was giving up that uh, try to Cortez Retama um, right right on half time. And um, of course, seven minutes of the second half, that yellow card didn't help. But uh, to give the Reds a bit of credit, even though the <clears throat> even though the Chiefs got out to a to a little bit of a bit of a lead, they just couldn't quite shake shake the Reds, could they? And uh, the Reds will probably look at this as a, a, a bit of a, a missed opportunity. And of course, for them, uh, Taniha Tupou, they'd be sweating on his injury. A little bit. He's one of the the big ball carriers, and um, well, he's you know he's, maybe maybe
0: reports are he's out for the rest of the season.
2: Wow, that's that's not just a big loss for the Reds, but it's a big loss for the for the Wallabies as as well, Paul. Um, well, we it's a
0: season, so he might be back for internationals. That's not yeah. so, so yeah. folks. Don't go start putting money against the Wallabies straight away because of that news
2: no no don't do don't do that we, we all know what an imposing figure he is on the field and i i just think once they that the Reds lost him i think they they probably just lost a serious amount of of uh grunt up front but um you know players like Fraser mc mcgrath uh, he's he's playing very 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 well at the moment and um yeah that... They've just, been, they've just been surprising me. You know, they've got a little bit of X-Factor with uh, Jock Campbell at the back and, and, you know, Hunter Paisami, we know what a, a threat he can be. Um, listen, I think for the Chiefs, just a, a case of an ugly win um, and we'll ride out of Dodge, take the points and come home and pre- prep ourselves for the Brumbies.
0: Yeah, look, 15 penalties by the Reds compared to eight by the Chiefs is probably the difference here that, uh, that, that let, let the Chiefs uh, um, get, get out of Dodge, as you say, um, on this one um the uh, Pattaya also missing as well so a number of players missing for the Reds. i mean also players missing for the chiefs and, and every team's doing it but um, I don't think with the the, the, um, the Reds really have got the capacity to cope but have got the depth um that other other teams have look um with the amount of territory and possession the chiefs have they probably feel they should have won this, won this one more um by a few more points but uh, just couldn't um yeah, couldn't break down. This um, a, 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 a good defensive team by, um, um, by by the Reds. Now, Robbie's um, lead question is best Warriors ex rugby union player ever. so be mate, that's a Wednesday question. Now, if you ask for a best rugby league player that comes to Union, we can tell you. But if you're telling about players going the other way, that's a uh, that's a Wednesday night question. Um, and we'll get some. We'll definitely so that, bring that one up with Brad. That, that,
2: that, that question again, Paul. I'm, I might be able to answer that. So that's the best,
0: best Warriors ex rugby union player ever.
2: The best Warriors ex rugby union play player ever. Well, you had the likes of guys like Mark Mark Carter, Mark Ellis, John Kirwan. Oh man, I'd, I'd probably say I'd probably say John John Kerwin, if you're talking about about the Warriors. You, you, you'd have to say, but admittedly, he he actually went to the Warriors a lot later in his career. Those those are the three three ones that. Uh, that came that come to mind and, and have changed codes of course if you if you ask me who the the guy who's probably crossed both ways and <clears throat> um across both codes of course Brad Thorne is right up there Michael somebody like Michael O'Connor who played for both the uh both the Wallabies and the Kangaroos was a was a pretty amazing sort of player as well as a, a center but um yeah not, not not a lot that have really come across from rugby and, and made it and made it in rugby league there's probably players that have played a, at a lesser level and become really good um, rugby league players whether they've been plucked out of New Zealand secondary schools or plucked from that younger uh, age group I see somebody like William Warbrick, who was part of the uh, of this of the sevens part of the sevens program uh, maybe a year or two ago I see he's just cracked finally cracked the uh, the Melbourne storm so he comes to mind. As uh, well, and Simon Hughes is just saying John Kewan is definitely not a great great league player. Yeah, I'm 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 agreeing with that. But the question was, who was the best rugby union player that went to the Warriors? Not generally.
0: Um. So yeah. So it will be interesting. Um. Obviously, in the, for example, was a, uh, a a union player as a kid. Only played league when he signed for the um when he signed for the Warriors. So he uh, and then obviously came back has come back to Union um, afterwards. Uh, so, so yeah,
2: I think Paul. I think if they get caught at a young age, I think that's the key. I just remembered yeah. Conrad Conrad Hurrell, as well, who played uh, rugby union for Auckland Grammar School. Also, um, was picked up at a, at a very young age. Um, whether he had a successful career, listen, uh, hard, hard to know in the in the NRL because I think he's actually playing over in the English uh, Super League at this stage. So I do know a little bit about rugby league. I think <laughs> Other, others
0: will claim he doesn't know most, most, most Kiwi, Kiwi rugby fans do it's, it's, it's this English one who's come over that doesn't know anything about it <laughs> anyway moving on then and after that we had the at midnight for us on Friday night the Western Force took on the Blues the Blues essentially won this one in the first half because um, they scored all 22 points in the first half uh, and then didn't score a point in the second half at all um, as uh, the uh, the Force came back to dominate that second half with all the possession and territory Um, but could not uh, get over the line. Got it to 18 at 22, um, so pretty close. Uh, Now, kicking was part of their Achilles heel, missing all three conversions. The Blues did also miss a conversion as well um, with this one. Um, And, uh, yeah, to to, to, to basically shut out the Blues in that second half, um, a real big uh, big effort from them. The Blues line-out went uh, went to pot, um, losing five line-outs, which didn't help them at all. And uh, look, turnovers won 18 by the, uh, um, by the Force and 13 by the Blues. Wow. Um, I'm not sure either team held on to it for very long. To be honest, apart from at the very end of the game, when the Force went through 26 phases, bashing away, only to turn the ball over, or to get turned over, and the Blues um, got out of dodge um, there with uh, that one. Happy with their first half performance. Not so with their second, is my guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty much so. And even by the look of it, I'm just looking at the the Tribe app. Ryan Nicholas, you'll have to update your app because he obviously went to bed at halftime because the score still says 22 points to eight um, on the Tribe app. So he must have he must have gave it away at halftime. A little bit like what I did as well, thinking that I'd get up the next morning and find that the Blues had won this game comfortable, comfortably. But really and truthfully, it was it was anything anything but. And they were hanging on by the skin of their teeth at the end. In terms of... Um, and and in terms of terms of the performances, there was the odd decent performance here. Good return, good return to the Blues for uh, I've got to say Akira Yuani I thought I thought he was very strong. Anton Signa and industrious, although he'd probably, if he could play that uh, pick 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 up from the back of the scrum all over again, I think he probably should have looked looked for some support. They would have actually uh, walked the try in, and, and, and probably in terms of Fletcher Christie, we know how well he's been playing the season. But you've you've got to say probably a little bit of an off night um, for the halfback. Um, yeah, some some guys will probably look back at this game and think to themselves it wasn't it wasn't their best. But defensively, you give them a tick in the box for getting the job done.
0: Target. 22 tackles, one missed. Segna 21 tackles, three missed. They both went through a massive shift uh, in this game. You've got um, Riccatelli, Twenty Caffey and Retina all coming off the bench, all making more than 10 tackles in their in, in, in their time. So yes, um, some serious shifts, particularly in that um, second half. Actually, what we should have mentioned also is the um, that Reds Chiefs game. Boy oh boy. They were playing kickback in that first half. Sixty kicks in this game from hand. Ouch, sixty. None of the other games are going to come anywhere close to that. Um, Paul, the, I, um, would... Paul, I some... wonder if
2: that, Paulus, I wonder if it's that says more about the conditions that we we mentioned at the beginning. Humid that can get very humid in Brisbane. Oh, no, no, you... I, I,
0: I, I've been bagging Australian commentators for talking about the dew on the ball for years. And that, and it is, is an issue.
2: Uh, I'll be honest. Unless you experienced it, and it's 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 not the greatest at this early stage of the year. And she's not that early. We're almost in and maybe maybe I am making excuses for them, but I just wonder if that played a, a bit of a part.
0: Um, we then headed over to uh, to Fiji um, as the Druid took on the Highlanders in their first and only um, home game um, this uh, this season. Um, good crowd uh, in there, despite. Um, some concerns over ticket prices um, that I uh, that we, we kind of heard in the run up to this game. Um, so great to see them uh, all turning out for this game. And uh, at half time, 24-17 to the Drua. They uh, scored some scintillating tries in that first half. Unfortunately, they had the same disease as the Blues and couldn't score in the second half. Not one point at all. And uh, the Highlanders came back um, to win it 24. 24- to uh 27 in this one um and you've got to say a line out only functions at 45 percent um for which is what the drawer had um and uh you've got to say um that's uh that's not good oh the drawer have had their chiefs fixture in the last round relocated to fiji thank you reviewer for letting us know that um brilliant that one um so uh so yeah so there we go we know um so two games at home this year uh, and that's great to see Um, So, yeah, line-outs, really, probably the one thing here that if the Fiji and Druid had secured those line-outs, they'd have had the platform uh, to probably win this game at the end of the day. Um, There. So, um, but, um, look, the point is, so far, every single one of these games um, has had a losing bonus point in it. All these games have been within a score at the end, and it's going to be the same for the next next couple as well, um, which just shows you... All this talk we've had in the run-up to this of, oh, well, it's going to be a fun first half of the season, and the second half is going to be the New Zealand teams rolling over the Australian teams. Uh, whack, whack, woo. <laughs> That's a, that is not the case. Well, it, Paul, it,
2: Paul, it's conceivable that um, some of these uh, games, these uh, Australian-New Zealand derbies have actually been closer <laughs> than some of the actual New Zealand derby games. Mm. were a little bit earlier in the season, where we actually did see some one, one-sided blowouts. Listen, up until the last game, the biggest winning margin was... Was four points, and that was the Blues' victory over, over the Force. So it it just it just goes it just goes to show the Australian teams have improved. Um, not not just um, you know not just mentally, but also defensively as as well. Probably like to see a little bit more um, with with their with their attack game, but we're seeing flashes of it.
0: Now, look, folks, you can get my um, predictions uh, on over at Patreon at patreon.com forward slash news in support radio. Um, I got the first three rights, um, but I'll be honest with you. I did not predict the uh, Waratahs beating the Crusaders. Um, but uh, let's be honest, I don't think anybody did, even with the Crusaders missing um, a, a couple of players. So um, fantastic result here. Um, for the Waratahs, um, massive um uh, defensive uh, defensive shift uh, in this one. Um, look, a lot of lineouts in this game. Um, uh, the uh, um, uh, um, yeah, with uh, um, thirty-one lineouts, which is uh, yeah, so pretty much uh, one every two minutes, nearly. Um, so uh, on this one, the Crusaders um, turnovers fourteen compared to seven by the Warriors. They didn't really look after the pill um, as well as they should, as, as well as they should have done, um, but. Uh, You've got to say this is not this is a Waratahs team that didn't win a game last season. Um, the fact that they are um, even competing um, with the Crusaders um, is fantastic. That they actually beat them with six clean breaks to only one by the Crusaders um, it shows you what a massively massive defensive effort they put up um, during this game um, and how good that scramble defence of theirs is uh, that shuts those things down. Pardon me. Um, so. Um, cracking win by the Waratahs. Six clean breaks, only three tries. Perhaps not as clinical as they could have been, and maybe they should have had the Crusaders out of sight um, in this one. I'll be honest, it wasn't really until about the last ten minutes that I actually thought um, that uh, the, um, uh, the the, the Waratahs were going to win this. But when they got uh, there was there was a try about, or, um, which would have been uh, the uh, try, uh penalty try on 68 minutes, where I thought, yep. Yeah, um, they could actually win this one, and it wasn't so much the sending off; um, it was just because I, I thought it was a try before the penalty. But, um, but uh, yeah, but just actually just scoring that try to me saw um, I, I thought they were suddenly yeah that they were in this game and they had a good chance of winning it, uh, getting those those extra points, getting that bit of breathing room. Because um, let's be honest, um, uh, Simon Hickey uh, still knocked over Fletcher Newell's um, convert, uh, try. Um, at the end there to make it to make it within three points, but um, yeah, um, fantastic one. Um, and the review says, yeah, the have got ten thousand for their game. However, smaller venue may look much better on for t- TV. <clears throat> absolutely, another good at- and also a better atmosphere. It doesn't echo so much when you've got ten thousand as you get ten thousand in say a forty thousand seat stadium. It feels empty. So yeah, no, absolutely smaller venues the way forward. Yeah, oh, it,
2: aesthetically it looked really good as as well, and you know you could, and I'm pretty sure the crowd got heavily heavily involved, and you know the longer that game went and the more the Waratahs stayed in the game, the more you could hear that crowd. But this, this victory, make no mistake, was built on a pack on the back of a very very good effort by the pack and some really really good uh, game management, especially from Jack Gordon at halfback as well. I thought he was very very good, and boy, we're seeing a a lot of improvement too from Charlie Gamble. He, I mean to say, like he only got about twenty minute, minute twenty um, mentions from Justin Harrison about how well he was playing. So you know he he's playing very very well. But I thought all their front row con, contributed. Bell, um, Vailanu and Harry Johnson Holmes as well in the front row. That scrum that scrum pretty much stood up to the Crusaders, and that was an er, area where they had huge issues last year. Paul, so that's there's an improvement uh, right right there. But um I think the other thing is it's just the game management consistently having Jake Gordon at, at scrum half. He's playing some very very good rugby at the at the minute, and um the Australians are showing that they've got two <clears throat> quality halfbacks um that are running around at the moment in um, in Gordon and and also Tate McDermott and Nick White also from Brumbies
0: not doing bad. Oh yeah, yeah. They also, yeah they've, got, of they've got a number of a number of number of players there. Uh, hi, Lennox. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Rovers and Pomsby. Yes, we'll be talking about that later, and we've got a couple of tries to show you as well. So uh, don't, so don't, so do stick around for that. Um, so yeah, a number of good sort of teams there. Um, the uh, Crusaders um, losing uh, that game does still leave them in third place. Pardon me, in the table, just ahead of the uh, Chiefs on bonus points. Um, currently, they're on thirty-four points. The uh, Chiefs on thirty-two points. So um, they're still. In that top four, um, and I don't think you should be uh, writing them off from uh, winning the competition just yet. But uh, but we do know that they are more vulnerable than they've looked in previous seasons. And uh, looking at the time, you better get shifting on to um, the uh, Rebels versus um, the Moana. Um, I actually picked Moana in this one, um, but um, the, uh, the Rebels got up 26 to uh, 24, four point winning margin. So again, a uh, very um, close game. Run meters, um, 680 by Moana. That's a ma- that's a massive number. Um, to three hundred and twenty nine by the Rebels. Uh, but uh, at the end of the day, it's not how far you run. It's about getting those points um, on the board. The first half was all line out malls, and uh, which um, yes, perhaps that is something that we need to get sorted out. But probably a discussion for another night um, on that one. Looking at uh, um, how we are, uh, how we're going for time, but. Um, Red card at the end there, um, taking out uh, the the high shots on um, Christian Liliofano. That'll be massive um, for Moana if he has to be, if if he failed at HIA and is out for a while because Lincoln McClutchy, look, really good player, but we saw his inexperience in his youth in the fact that he missed touch with the penalty with time dead. And that just showed you that his inexperience just just shone through there uh, as he just tried to chew off too much, too many metres.
2: Paul, Paul, we saw it. we saw a great <clears throat> great example in, in in this game how to activate a, a covering tackle which was pretty much saved the try. And you know, I just looking at looking at the target area that the, the tackler came across. Just it just escapes me who actually made that uh, who made that tackle on on clutchy, But boy, it was it, it was well activated, and I think there's probably a lesson. To anybody there about just getting your target area, and in, in, in the right place. And for me, that was probably the moment in the game. Unfortunately, the other one also involved Lincoln McClutchy as well. After the red card, just not just going for some extra distance and and, and failing to, to find touch. You know, probably as a, a professional rugby player, you'd be you'd be very very disappointed not not to have got that uh, uh, penalty kick over, over the touch line. You know, that could have. Uh, that could have been the the difference between uh uh a win and a loss in this game
0: yeah i think they're going to need to get, get around him and uh and, and and support him on this one mm-hmm. that's the sort of thing that could really uh, especially as if if christian leofano is out like, like it looks like he might be then and he is he is a starting 10. he is going to need all his confidence ready um for next weekend um against waratars up there uh, at mount smart stadium um the, uh, so yeah, so, so yes, yeah, small margins in this one. Uh the other I see I see when was talking about lessons there, lessons to learn about. So I thought he was going to say hold the ball in the correct hand. I uh, so he had the ball in his right hand, he was in the left hand corner. If, brought to, if he held the ball in his left his left arm, then it would have been further away from the tackler. Um but yeah, one of those little small micro skills that we perhaps don't see um as much nowadays or that is only concentrated on by the wingers. Um, rather rather, necessarily some of the, some of the other players, and we do increasingly see. Um, well, yeah, I say increasingly, it's like, like like it's new, and it's been happening for like ten, like five, six years now. Players like Dane Coles, um, Kieran Reid, your forwards out there on the wing. So yes, forwards, you need to learn also to hold it in the in the, in the correct hand as well, away from the player. Um, so yes, uh, a skill, a winger skill for for many players.
2: Paul's coaching tip for the
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so anyone who's watching from Waihee Rugby Club, you know what we're going to be doing tomorrow night. Um, the, um, <laughs> yeah, right. Like they let me take charge of training. Um, so yeah, the only blowout of the, of the, of the weekend came on Sunday afternoon. Uh, the rugbys taking on the Hurricanes um, at half time, 3 and didn't look like it was going to blow out, um, but uh, but it did in that um, in that second half, as uh, and pretty early in the second half, really. Um, when you think uh, then what trials in the 47th 52nd 57th minute really was that period after half time where the brumbies took it away um, from the um, from the hurricanes the hurricanes were being disappointed to have gone in down um, 16 13 at half time 72% possession in that first half and yet um, sorry territory so they spent the whole half the whole time in the brumbies half and yet the brumbies led at half time um, valentini Wow, Um, uh, that 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 kick through, kick and chase, and uh, getting his hand there was the um, was the difference really. Uh, But um, again, big defensive effort by the Brumbies to in that first half to keep the Hurricanes out. Oh,
2: listen, Paul. Probably if the uh, try-saving tackle on McCutcheon in the corner wasn't the the second best player of the weekend. Uh, the number one player of the weekend, I've got to say, was the, the kick and chase by Rob Valentini, not just to recognise there was nobody home, but also to to out sprint everybody else, including a, a first five uh, um, Jackson Garden Bishop. probably wouldn't want to see the replay of that uh, tape. Ever, ever again, especially when you when you when you consider the other the other guy who almost beat him to the touchdown was uh, Xavier Numea, who was the uh, starting loosehead prop. So uh, listen, he was huge in this game. This was Valentini's game. He is really on top of his game and just showing that he could develop nicely into a, a real world class number six.
0: Yeah, actually, and uh, uh, perhaps most perhaps the most underrated player in Australian rugby at the moment is. Um, uh Simone um the inside center leading um leading the the, the, the tackle stacks 17 tackles more than any of the forwards with only one miss um in this game um as well as carrying it up and uh, and distributing there's a player um that uh, that was leading tackle player when the leading tackler last weekend when the brumbies also um got the victory so um two games against two new zealand teams where he's been top tackler um, and he's in the backs, uh, which shows he's so key um to this team. Mm-hmm. Um and uh yeah I say perhaps with, with lots of lots of focus on players like Hunter Paisami um uh um I've um, uh, gone blankers to the player who's over in Japan. Um Karevi Karevi uh there's lots of um yeah Simone is uh, doing a very good job um, under the radar in the centers down I wouldn't be oh. surprised to see him in the squad
2: big and also big and direct as well he takes the ball into contact very very hard um once same with uh, with, with uh, Ikitao as well but they're just de- developing some really nice midfielders even from the War, War- Waratahs I thought for um Perisi for me he's been a little bit of a disappointment this year you know I'm a, a bit of a fan of um Isaiah Peresi, but I don't know if he's really captured that same form that he was actually showing in 2021. Uh, we've also got uh, uh, Foketi at the Orotars who's showing some some really good form. And you, as, you, as you mentioned, Karevi as well, you are throwing Hunter Paisami. Boy, at this current stage, it's, you could argue that they've probably got some better midfield options than what the All Blacks currently have.
0: At 12, yes, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> the, the All Blacks are scratching around for a 12 at the moment. 13, yeah, competitive, but 12... Um, I, yeah, I definitely can it on.
2: Paul will be remiss of us once again, not to mention that forward effort from the the Brumbies as well. I'm was really, i I'm really impressed with Darcy Swain, and I was really impressed with the way that loose forward trio worked work, work together. Pete Samu, Valenti, Valentini, there's a good chance you'll see those two in a Wallaby jersey in those particular jerseys. And if you throw in Hooper, that's not a bad loose forward trio. But Javon Brown also very good darcy swain and i really enjoyed the game of lonergan not a big hooker but once again just carries hard into contact and listen i always look for players who once they've breached that advantage line what they do how long they can stay on their feet and how well they can present the ball
0: yep uh i mean yeah jerome brown as you say another yeah 25 year old but uh, someone that's um who i think is yet really uh it's a, a breakout season for him this season well, someone's going to tell me, "Hey, Paul, he's been doing it for years. You've he, not been noticing it." But no, to me, it seems. I think this year, is, this year is his his um, year. Um, so that rounds up the um, the Super Rugby next weekend. Um, we we uh, have a hopefully we'll have a full round unless COVID gets in the way. But um, Friday night, the uh, Blues will host the Rebels um, at uh, Eden Park. So yeah, we've got rid of the two rounds where I mean the Super Round was all New Zealand home games. Last weekend was an all, um, uh, All-Australian home games, so now it's a mixture again. So, yeah, the Blues-Rebels-Eden Park, followed by the Reds versus the Highlanders. Boy, um, whilst we've the Blues to get over the Rebels, that uh, Reds-Highlanders game will be a cracker. On to Saturday, um, we've got the Moana Pacifica versus um, the Waratahs, um, which I won't be at this time. i have going to be the first ever Moana Pacifica home game on this because I will be at Chiefs versus the Brumbies. Wow. Third hosting second, that is a big, big game. The Brumbies have got the Chiefs um, followed by um, the Crusaders um, and uh, then the Blues um, as uh, over the next three weekends. So um, this is re- the the, well, the acid test of this uh, Brumbies side. Um, then there's Western Force versus the Crusaders. And then on Sunday, the Hurricanes... Post um, the uh, Fijian Drua. So, um, another um, cracking round of um, of Super Rugby. And look, folks, as Stephen said, the biggest winning margin apart from um, one game was four points last weekend. Um, Yeah, it's turning into a a, a, a cracking season of rugby. So, talking of seasons of rugby and uh, seasons that are kicking off, Stephen, why don't you? uh, You've been up around. Um, Auckland rugby a few pre-seasons and um, in games, but uh, uh, let's uh, let's. I'm going to throw on a couple of um, tries that you saw um, at. Uh, um, actually, sorry, it was at Manukau Rovers have- hosting. Um, uh, gone black yeah. yeah, always, always, always
2: had a bit of an inkling. Always had a bit of an inkling. Um, had a bit of an inkling, um what, what you're actually seeing here is basically part of the. Ponsonby's uh, comeback, and I was hoping Paul would get the get these in order. But what you what you're actually oh, seeing I'm is um, not at not at the moment. While well, well, Paul basically gets that in order, you're actually seeing the uh, the, the first try that um, that Monaco scores, and that try was actually scored by uh, Silosi uh, Watubu, um after some really really good work to uh, to get the winger on the on the outside, and uh, as he comes around to the goal goal in goal area where I'm filming. He just goes in for the try, but I've got to say he cut that very, very fine. I think had there been a, a TMO around, you, you can just basically see where he starts his diving and just look like he might have cut the line. But uh, hey, as you can see, the referee, Anthony Petrie, he's only got the view... From behind, so he he gives it a, gives it a try. I know I got the uh, some of the Ponsonby coaches all asking me to see the replay. I said, "Listen, guys, even if I show you this, there's not a lot you can can do about it. It is what it is." But I suppose the lesson uh, for Vatubua is next time, just get the ball down, mate. a <laughs> <Yeah. mind>. yeah, <laughs> yeah, sh- little bit, a bit
0: of showboating there. I think look, um, when we're watching, um, uh, Stephen had that. So, uh, so he had that situation. Um, I was doing in the camera work for 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 he, uh, and uh, yeah, a couple of the supporters next to me were like, Paul, oh, put that up on the big screen um, because they were kind of like, yeah, bits where they wanted to have replays uh, and uh, have a look at something. And look, the referees don't have that. Uh, and I think we complain a lot less about referees in club rugby than we do in super rugby or in professional rugby because we have less cameras to see what they're doing wrong, to be honest. Um, <laughs> and I think uh, actually replays and uh, and uh, zoom ins oh. and slow uh, uh that's the the thing we don't want
2: listen what what i what i love about club rugby is there are no tmas there are no stoppages it is it is what it is you know you're relying on the, relying on the ref and yes there is there is going to be human error but you know i'm not even going to call that decision human error because nobody was really in a, in a position to see it and now from an end on I think if I was in the same situation I would have g- given the try but it was the perfect start for the Monaco Rovers that try coming after three minutes and of course their second try came three minutes later from a really really good a good set piece um, Ford's doing the work rumbling into the 22 and a crossfield kick to the winger um, that uh, was uh, Josh gray who scored so both the wingers Look really exciting for Monaco Rovers. So that basically, with the converted try, took it took it out to fourteen nil, and you thought mm, maybe this young Ponsonby team is is in for a long day. But you know, credit to them, they actually they actually fought their way back in the game. That they held the ball for a little little bit longer, and <clears throat> and before you know it, they scored uh, uh, two tries. And by the twenty seventh minute mark, they were pretty much back in the in the in the game. Um, you know this. It, and they came back in the second half and, and basically what you're seeing here is a is a is a breakout from from Joel Cobb. And this is a quick winger. this is an NPC winger, but what the most impressive thing is the cover defense coming coming from everywhere, everybody getting up to make tackles that tackle, that player got off the ground, had to make the tackle and just did enough for the for the player who was actually getting the pass last pass away just to have thrown that pass forward. And if you watch just to the left, there's anthony Petrie just in the perfect position to to actually to make a really, really good decision. Now, that was with five minutes to go. It just shows
0: so, you. I mean, folks, you've yeah. you got here, as you say, you've got some, you know, you're getting twice by wingers. There's some lovely handling there as well. Oh. Um, you've seen a cracking level of rugby uh, among at, at, uh, uh, in, in these all competitions. You've got the odd NPC player thrown in there as well. Um, but, um, yeah, it's... Uh, it's uh, if you want to get to see the, the 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 non-cynical fun rugby, get down to your club. I think it's what we're saying. Oh, <clears throat> you're,
2: you're right, Paul. You know the crazy thing about it. I think I've said this on the on the show before. Uh, that South Auckland area has just got a cesspool of talent. It just has to be uh, promoted and, and and highlighted. I look at that Manukau. Uh, I'm, not sure guess,
0: that, I'm not sure that's the best word to be cesspool. You don't know
2: be using that. Oh word. well, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably. probably, know. That. probably it's... Pro- pro- yeah, yeah, well, you know, I think people listening know what I mean. But you know, you take for example somebody like a fellow Toy Penny, the, the first five G. You know, this guy has got a game, and you, you picture these guys at another level, and I can picture them running around for more than a Um, Violini Ekuasi, who played number seven. Um, blues under-20s, I think New Zealand under-20s as well. Beast of a man. And, of course, you had somebody like Nella uh, 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 Matakaiono, the, the number eight who, man, international size number eight, who's come back from, I think he was at Grammar, Grammar Tech for maybe the last couple of seasons, a local boy as well. And it's just, it's just fantastic to see. And, listen, I've got to give a bit of credit to Ponsonby as well, Paul. They were down 36... 14 with 16 minutes to go. And they clawed their way back and in, in, into this game. And, you know, and, and they needed, you know, their experienced heads, the wise guy, Fianis of this world, um, who played well. But I was also really impressed with Sam Sam Y, the halfback who scored a very good individual try in the first half. It was a cracking game of... Game of forty. I'm pretty sure these two teams are going to meet somewhere, somewhere down the down the line, and it'll be over at uh, Western Springs' home ground. But Monaco have put a line pretty much in the in the sand uh, when it comes to um, this first, first round of uh, Goodyear Tires Auckland Premier Rugby.
0: Yeah, look, but, and I think let's just give give some people a little bit of sort of uh, context um, when we talk about Auckland rugby. You have your um, teams like College Rifles, where I used to go play a bit of touch rugby. Uh, and above the bar, there is just a a, 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 a row of um, all blacks and black firms um, that that have, that have that have played for the clubs. That's in uh, in, in a very affluent part of the um, of, of of Auckland. Um, you've got your Ponsonby, which again, um, which is is again central Auckland, Auckland, an affluent part of there. When you think of um, oh, I've gone blank. Who's the guy behind um, the um... oh yeah yeah Peter Peter Thompson. No, not Peter Thompson, um behind um Wine Pacifica, um the, the but, famous all black Brian. Oh uh, yep, um yeah,
2: so Brian Williams. So Williams uh, so Michael Jones, yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 yeah, um well Michael Jones is, is more white matter um player, um sort of out, out, out your way, right? But, oh so, you mean
2: for Ponsonby, yes, yes, yes.
0: Pon- yeah, What so you say your Ponsonby is yeah is, is 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 a lot of yeah your Brian Williams has got a very much again another history list of all blacks like your your college rifles, um your grammar tech again. Um, a bunch of those sort of players in there, your Marist, um, who uh, again, cent, uh, sort of central East Auckland. Uh, I used to be able to walk there from from Pan-Mure. Um Those are your kind of your traditional, kind of uh, sort of richer uh, clubs, or, or and um, perhaps Eden to a to to, probably, to a bit of a degree. Probably, yeah,
2: probably. I would probably say um, not so much richer, but more resourced.
0: Yeah, more resourced uh, and yeah, and, and more fashionable clubs uh, in that central area. Um, from those sort of teams. Then, down south, um, where a large Tongan community, obviously where the Warriors base themselves as well, you've got your um you've Pakaranga, your Manukau Rovers, um, a, a, a less affluent part of, 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 of Auckland, um, less well-resourced um, um, clubs uh, who have traditionally lost their players to those central, more fashionable clubs um, but it's great to see uh, a Manukau who've managed to, re- re- yeah. re- to retain some of those ones in there. And yeah, then out. But... Um, then you've got sort of out east. Oh, oh, oh sorry. Um, and uh, Otahuhu is also part of that crowd.
2: Yeah, yeah. Otahuhu. Unfortunately, uh, Otahuhu isn't fielding a, a team this year. But I, but I believe some of the players have gravitated to to East Tamaki, maybe Papatoitoy, um folded into that senior team. So I, I know... NZ Sport Radio. I think a couple of seasons we were out, out at the Otahuhu Rugby Club. We went and um, I think we covered the East Tamaki Otahu game. And um, you know, once again, a lot of talent running around. But some sometimes they they lose their players. You know, not through their own devices or or anything like that. You know, I think players are always looking to get to a better level. If you look at a holistic picture, Paul, there's a a, a lot of Polynesian rugby players that probably end up in other provinces around the country like for example if I pull a name out of heads the Havili who's ended up down in Tasman and the Crusaders you know um so yeah. there is enough
0: talent to go and um, so but you've, yeah, you've got those special the special clubs at central you've got those those East Tāmaki uh, Papa Papa Pakaranga um Mankau Rovers in the south and then you've got those um other teams out west um White's matter where Michael Jones um uh, has come from but um, Uh, perhaps uh, a more storied history than than perhaps currently. Um, A a, a club that's perhaps not as... Hasn't quite got the All Blacks or quite quite got the sort of... Perhaps uh, some some of the players they used to have. Um, uh, You've also got suburbs out there as well. uh, Waitakere City um, out that way as well. And again, all losing players to those more fashionable central central clubs. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out. Um, But um, yeah, we'll be keeping an eye on... um, uh, on 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 the uh, the the competition, um, and uh, you've got a bit of an invite for next week, Stephen. Yes, I, yes, I'm having,
2: heading along to um, to take in the uh, grammar, grammar Tech uh, East Tamaki game at Auckland Domain, um, playing at the same time as the Grammar Tech woman who are playing uh, Papa Kura, I believe, on uh, Saturday. So I'm, I'm I'm certainly looking forward to to um, uh, catching up with uh, is it Shane Velvelson. Who's involved with um, with Grammar Tech on uh, Saturday? Could be a fun day. Weather's looking really good, and you know, no matter where you are around Auckland, if you're a little bit frustrated with the with the professional game at the moment, um, and and TMOs are doing your head in and officials are doing you head in, head out to your local uh, to your local uh, rugby club or, or just basically check on uh, check on either the tribe webs webs website, or the TriBet, or the Auckland Rugby Union uh, website, and that'll direct you in the right direction, or even if you're on the North Harbour, head over and watch a bit of North Harbour Club rugby as well.
0: Yeah, Grammar women coming off the back of a uh, 0-102 to loss to Manawira at the weekend, so ouch. Um, It looks like they may have a midweek game as well on Wednesday. So, to have had a game last Saturday, then Wednesday, and next Saturday, wow, um, good luck ladies. That is... um, yeah, play welfare, Hello, goodbye. Tra-
2: tra- training will be light this week.
0: Training will be very light this week. Yes. So good luck, ladies. Um, for, for all the women who are playing in the, uh, uh, the 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 Auckland Women's Premier Competition, playing three games like that in seven in eight days um, is uh, is a tall ask. Um, on that one, um, as I say, I was down at uh, 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 down at Wahey where we had our first game um, for the A's. Who uh, got a, uh, a close win 20 to 12 over uh Wong Mata uh, last year. Both sides uh, mid-table teams from last year, so um a good win for them. Um the uh the bees um 39 to 14 over Mercury Bay or uh, or um, Itianga, um for those of you who don't know the area, had a had a good win there. Um this coming weekend, um it looks like um our bees are playing um in Tiamatu against uh um Cobras, and then our A's are playing in uh, Waihu, uh straight afterwards. Now it's a five-minute drive between the two games, so uh, I might see if I can uh, video both of the games. Um, but so I say we'll, we'll require a quick exit from one game, um, and I might miss miss the uh, the opening moments of the uh, of the A's there. But that's the kind of thing that um, I think uh, uh, the, the the people who are supporting or um, not supporting, who, who who are giving to these clubs to keep them going, volunteering. Um, we have to do sometimes is to yeah, dash around between different grounds um, to try and make it happen. And I would say unions, please, please, please um, allow teams to play A and B teams to play at the same venue back to back so that, um, yeah, pay the support can carry over and you can watch each other's games. But B, managers, physios, um, video people um, can also cover both games um, as well. So, um, yeah, we'll be involved with that um, this um, this weekend before I say I'll head in, I'll then be quickly getting into my car straight after that age game and uh, driving to Hamilton um, to catch um, the Chiefs versus the Brumbies. So three games for me on Saturday um, in the flesh. Um, probably one more than you, Steve. I'll, I'll, uh, make, make it a change that I'll get to more games than you. You probably will, Paul. <laughs> uh, in that one. Yeah. Um, Anything else that uh, you want to have a quick chat about?
2: No, no, no. I think we've I think we've covered everything. Like I say, just looking forward to to getting out to our Old Arcade Domain on 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 Saturday. The weather forecast weather forecast is looking good. Can't wait.
0: Uh, head over to um patreon.com NZ support Radio to, to, to support the channel. Um, you'll be seeing um, to, uh, on sort of Wednesday or Thursday. I'll put my um, predictions up this coming weekend. Also, um, last week I asked Clay McMillan um how what he thought of the idea of players getting fined um for uh for cards um so he gave me uh his answer to that one um and I uh, also asked him what it's like training um, with 27 players on tour so they clearly can't run 15 on 15 um so uh again become a patron and i'll be posting that video up there so you can see a what um one of the uh, head coaches in super rugby thinks of uh John Kerwin's idea of, um, of finding players um, and also uh, about that training side of things. So do catch us at 8pm every Monday night for the Drive and More show, Wednesday 8pm for the Sandals show and uh, catch you all later.
1: Normally being a little extra can be a bit much.